Good evening. It is a joy to be with you this afternoon. I have found that you have to find joy in every circumstance, amen? <laughs> and even when you get a phone call unexpectedly saying, hey sis, can you speak? <laughs> you say, yes, and I will find joy. <laughs> um, no, it is an honor to be able to do this. Um, as we go into prayer, I ask that you pray for me. It has been a very, very long time since I have stood before adult peers <laughs> and spoken. Um, I stand in front of kids every single day. So, um, but it has been a minute since um, I've stood in front of people like this, um, and actually taught. So, um, Pastor is with his family tonight, enjoying his family. His sons are playing tonight. Um, he's also been working hard all day, taking care of all things at the house from where everything had happened. Um, so, he would be here with us, but um, the boys' games got canceled yesterday due to the storm. And this is possibly his last chance getting to see the senior play. So he is with them. So that's why he is not with us tonight. If you would, please join me in prayer before we dive into the word. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you for this day, God. Lord, we thank you for the opportunity to come into this house, God. Lord, to be able to worship you and to honor you, God. Lord, I thank you for this opportunity, and Lord, as I begin, Lord, I just pray that you push my flesh aside, God, and Lord, let everything that comes out of my mouth give you glory. Lord, let everything that comes out of me be of you, God, Lord, and Lord, just let your spirit speak through me, and let the word that I'm about to give, God, Lord, let it be what you would let, like for our ears to hear, God, Lord, from you, and Lord, I pray that you just touch each and every individual, Lord, I pray that our ears and our hearts be open to receive your word tonight, God. And Lord, I just thank you and I praise you. In your name we pray. Amen. So as I began to study last night and as I began to read over a few things, what stood out to me the most was what would you do to see Jesus? And as I began to read and as I began to look over some things, the, the, the very first thing that came to mind and um, spoke to me was the woman with the issue of blood. And if we look at Mark chapter 5, verse 25 through 34, it says this, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus, immediately knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, you see the multitude thronging you, and you say, who touched me? 
And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. So here we see a woman who had been suffering for a long time. It wasn't just a few days, but it had been for 12 years. And she had went to multiple people, multiple physicians. She had spent everything that she had. And she had done everything that she knew. And she was desperate. And she came to a point where she just had heard about this man. She didn't know for a fact that if she touched him, that she would be made whole. She just had faith. She just imagined that if she could touch him, that she would be made whole. She was desperate to touch him and be made whole. So she got out in this crowd, and she took this chance. Because, see, back then, if you got out into a crowd and, and you had this affliction, it was against the law. And so she took this chance and she pressed through this crowd. And see, if you go on it, if you read in another um, book, it says in Matthew, it says, and suddenly a woman, Matthew chapter 9, verse 20, and suddenly a woman who had a flow of blood for 12 years came from behind and touched the hem of his garment. So it wasn't that she just touched him up here, but she got down low, guys. She was down on the ground. She had to have been crawling down low. So she was in the midst of all of these people and taking a chance of being trampled and crawling and touching the hem of his garment. And she just believed that if she did this, that she could be made whole. So my question for you tonight, and I skipped this, is what would you do to see Jesus? What chances would you take to see him, to press through? And it's not physically seeing him, but to press through and to get to him and, and to get what you need for Christ. And see, she took this chance. She took the chance to press through the crowd, to take a chance of injury, to take a chance of judgment, to take a chance of being, you know, just thrown out of town or whatever else and, you know, ostracized and, and just said, you're not worthy of touching him. I mean, so many things could have happened to her. She took that chance. She stepped out in faith and said, if I could just touch him, I will be made whole. And in her faith, she was made whole. And nothing happened to her. See, not only was she healed, but nothing happened to her. No judgment was placed against her. So, I want you to look at your neighbor, and I want you to ask them, what would you do to see Jesus? Now, I want you to understand, I work with kids, so I'm very... Look at your neighbor, talk to your neighbor, and I repeat a lot of things, okay? So what would you do to see Jesus? And then I want you to say this. I'd press through a crowd. I'd crawl on my knees. I would do anything. I would press through a crowd. I'd crawl on my knees. I'd do anything. All right. My second person I want us to look at is Blind Bartimaeus. And if I butcher her name, I'm country. I'm sorry. <laughs> Mark chapter 10, verse 46 through 52, it says, 
Now they came to Jericho as he went out of Jericho with his disciples and a great multitude. Blind Bartimaeus, the son of Timaeus, sat by the road begging. And when he heard that it was Jesus of Nazareth, he began to cry out and say, Jesus, son of David, have mercy on me. Then many warned him to be quiet, but he cried out all the more, Son of David, have mercy on me. So Jesus stood still and commanded him to be called. Then they called the blind man, saying to him, Be of good cheer, rise, he is calling you. And throwing aside his garment, he rose and came to Jesus. So Jesus answered and said to him, What do you want me to do for you? The blind man said to him, Rabbi, that I may receive my sight. Then Jesus said to him, Go your way. Your faith has made you well. And immediately he received his sight and followed Jesus on the road. Now, what I want us to take from this text is this. The people tried to quiet him, but he did not. He cried out. The people tried to quiet him, but he cried out. So here we see him sitting on the side of the road. He was in need of a miracle and had been awaiting for someone to help him. And as soon as he heard that Jesus was in the vicinity, he began to cry out for mercy. So some of you know I teach RTI at school and I do reading. And so one of the things that we focus on is punctuation. And if you look at that scripture, Kirsten, if you can throw that back up there for me where it says that um, he cried out after they said that he needed to be quiet. I think that it has an exclamation point if I'm not mistaken. So he wasn't being quiet. He wasn't just sitting there going, Jesus, please come save me. But I'm not going to scream for you all because I don't want to hurt your ears. But he was saying, Son of David, have mercy on me. I mean, he was excitement. He was crying out. He was pleading with God, I need you. Please have mercy on me. He was doing everything that he could to get God's attention here. He was crying out. He was not letting a rock cry out for him. But he was begging. He was begging for God to have mercy on him and to heal him. Sometimes we sit back. Sometimes we sit back and we just take whatever we have weighing us down. And we want to just roll in it. And we just want to mourn in it. And we just want to take it in. But we're not diving in and we're not crying out to God and we're not seeking God. We're not seeking God and crying out to God for our healing. We're not seeking God and crying out to God for salvation for those that we love. But we have to be like him. And we have to cry out. We have to cry out to God. We have to be passionate about what we want. So look at your neighbors. And you have to say this. I'd press through a crowd. I'd crawl on my knees. I'd cry out. I'd do anything. Are we ready? I'd press through a crowd, I'd crawl on my knees, I'd cry out, I'd do anything. Number three, I'm moving a little fast. I'm sorry, I talk fast. (laughs) Jesus heals the paralyzed man. That's my next one. If we look at Luke chapter 5, verse 17 through 26, it says this. Now it happened on a certain day, as he was teaching... 
that there were Pharisees and teachers of the law sitting by who had come out of every town of Galilee, Judea, and Jerusalem. And the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Then, behold, men brought on a bed, uh, on a bed, a man who was paralyzed, whom they sought to bring in and lay before him. And when they could not find how they might bring him in because of the crowd, they went up on the housetop and let him down with his bed through the tiling into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said to them, Man, your sins are forgiven, have forgiven you. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this who speaks blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thoughts, he answered and said to them, Why are you reasoning in your hearts, which is easier to say, Your sins are forgiven you? Or to say, rise up and walk, but that you may know that the Son of Man has power on earth to forgive sins. He said to the man who was paralyzed, I say to you, arise, take up your bed, and go to your house. Immediately he rose up before them, took up what he had been lying on, and departed to his own house, glorifying God. And they were all amazed, and they glorified God. And we're filled with fear, saying, we have seen strange things today. So, in this story, this is what I see. I see a group of friends. And this one, whew, if you know a little bit about me, this one means something special to me. especially this past year. But in this, I see a group of friends who is willing to carry a load for a man. It's more than just that healing to me that happened. But from this, I took that you need to surround yourself with people who are willing to tear a roof off for you. You need to have yourself planted in a church, in a group, with a group of friends that is willing to lower you down in a ceiling and have faith for you. Because there's going to come a time, JT, when you can't do it on your own. And you're going to need that group. You're going to feel too weak. You're going to be spiritually paralyzed and you're going to need that group of friends to be that intercessor for you but at the same time there's going to be a time when you're going to need to rip that roof off for your friend and so that's why I found this past year and I've been so blessed to develop that group of friends and some of them are sitting in this room They've been able to rip that roof off for me. And there's been times that I've been able to rip that roof off for them. And it's amazing how God will place that in your life. James 5, 13 through 18 says this, and Kirsten, I apologize, you don't have this one. Is anyone among you suffering? 
let him pray. Is anyone cheerful? Let him sing psalms. Is anyone among you sick? Let him call for the elders of the church and let them pray over him, anointing him with oil in the name of the Lord. And the prayer of faith will save the sick, and the Lord will raise him up. And if he has committed sins, he will be forgiven. Confess your trespasses to one another and pray for one another that you may be healed. The effective, fervent prayer of a righteous man avails much. Elijah was a man with a nature like ours, and he prayed earnestly that it would not rain. And it did not rain on the land for three years and six months. And he prayed again, and the heaven gave rain, and the earth produced its fruits. We can be an Elijah. We can have that power in us to intercede for one another and produce. So we must be willing to press through the crowd, crawl on our knees, cry out, and tear off the roots. So look to your neighbor and say, I'd press through a crowd, I'd crawl on my knees, I'd cry out, I'd tear off the roots for you, and I'd do anything. And lastly, I would like for us to take a moment to look at Zacchaeus. Luke chapter 19, 2 through 10. Now behold, there was a man named Zacchaeus, who was a chief tax collector, and he was rich. And he sought to see who Jesus was, but could not because of the crowd, for he was of short stature. So he ran ahead and climbed up into a sycamore tree to see him, for he was going to pass that way. And when Jesus came to the place, he looked up and saw him and said to him, Zacchaeus, make haste and come down, for today I must stay at your house. So he made haste and came down and received him joyfully. But when they saw it, they all complained, saying, He has gone to be a guest with a man who is a sinner. Then Zacchaeus stood and said to the Lord, Look, Lord, I give half of my goods to the poor, and if I have taken anything from anyone, by false accusation I restore fourfold. And Jesus said to them, Today salvation has come to this house, because he also is a son of Abraham. For the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which is lost. Here, many people would have and did deem Zacchaeus inadequate and not worthy enough to host Jesus. However, when Jesus saw him, he knew him and called him by name. And just like he saw Zacchaeus and knew him and called him by name, he sees each and every one of us tonight. He sees each and every one of your children, your grandchildren, your family member that you're calling out, or even your friends. And he knows them by name. He told him to come down and to be of service to him. Does it say that Zacchaeus argued with him and said that he was not worthy? Absolutely not. It said that he made haste just as Jesus told him to. 
Instead, the people was confused that Jesus would choose this man. But this is what I love that Jesus later said. Today's salvation has come to this house. <laughs> because of Zacchaeus' faithfulness. Because he did not miss a beat. Salvation came to the house. So, guess what? I'm going to climb that tree. So, we're going to press through a crowd. We're going to crawl on our knees. We're going to cry out. We're going to tear off the roofs. We're going to climb a tree. But lastly, and most of all, we're going to serve the king. Because Zacchaeus served the king. When Jesus came through, Without him even knowing it, he was serving the one true king. So I'd like for you to look to your neighbor, and I would like to, for you to say this. Through it all, I'm going to press through a crowd. I'm going to crawl on my knees. I'm going to cry out. I'm going to tear off the roofs. I'm going to climb a tree. And I'm going to serve the king. I'm going to do anything. Matthew 18 and 3 says this. I assure you and most solemnly say to you, unless you repent, that is, change your inner self, your old way of thinking, and live changed lives, and become like children, trusting, humble, and forgiving, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Your son, Megan and Josh, came here and sat next to me before service. And then your daughter, during service, those two kids were the perfect illustration of this. He is a loving child, and so is she. But Ben, I almost called him Ben Ben, because that's what I call him, but Ben loves everyone. There is not a day that goes by that that kid will not run in and be the most humbling child and just love you regardless. And that's how we are supposed to be. And then your child, she was just back there singing so loudly and beautiful. Oh, my goodness, it was amazing. I hope she never loses that. But that's what we're supposed to be. I mean... You know, we're supposed to be as children. We're supposed to become as children. And we're supposed to be humble. And we're supposed to be forgiving. A, a, a kid in their pure innocence can be so mad at us one minute because we take a toy truck away from them. Or we tell them no, that they can't have something. But 10 or 15 minutes later, they're coming back to us and they want to crawl up in our lap. That's how we're supposed to be when it comes to our day-to-day -day life. And as I was sitting there with them, that that came to my mind, and 
as I was listening to her. So you may think that I will never do some of these things, or you may think that I will never serve in these ways. I may never intercede for someone. I may never be needed that way. I can tell you this. Never say never. Because <laughs> I have always said never to this, and look at where I'm standing at tonight. So... <laughs> Um, God will not make a fool out of us, but he will take the foolish things to confound the wise. And he wants us willing to do whatever it takes. So, for the last time tonight, and I know this was faster than normal, I want you to look at the person next to you. And it's only if you mean it. And say, I will do anything. Thank you.